Welcome to Get Naked with Dr. Kate. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Balistrieri, a Beverly Hills-based psychologist, certified sex therapist, and the founder of Modern Intimacy. Thanks for joining me here where I talk about sex, relationships, mental health, and dive into your questions with practical answers and real solutions. Each week, I share insights aimed at helping you build an authentic and healthy relationship with yourself, with others, and with your sexuality. It's time to get naked emotionally, mentally, and on your own time, physically. Welcome back to the Get Naked with Dr. Kate podcast. I am Dr. Kate Balistrieri, and today I'm so excited to be speaking with Gina Gutierrez, who is the co-founder and chief creative officer at Dipsy, a story studio and mobile app that produces a wide range of erotic, female-focused audio content. Gina is hellbent on destigmatizing sexual wellness. She and her co-founder, Faye, built an audio app that's home to audio erotica and is redefining pleasure for women. A design-led and empathy-driven entrepreneur, Gina couples a background in developing brand strategy for companies like Facebook, Google, Reebok, DoorDash, and Third Love with a passion for exceptional storytelling. Gina's work and storytelling and imagination have been featured on the TED stage in the Netflix documentary, The Principles of Pleasure, and in publications including The New New Yorker, Vogue, and The New York Times. Gina saw a gap in this area for women and is really passionate about sexual wellness, how storytelling and imagination are such powerful tools for the brain's importance in sexual arousal and enjoyment. And thus, Dipsy was born. Dipsy provides fictionalized erotica for women that is open and not hidden. So we're going to talk today about connecting to our female sexuality and empowerment and the value of imagination and fantasy to improve that experience. Gina, thanks so much for joining me. I've been thrilled to speak with you. Oh, likewise. Thanks for having me. So can you can you say a little bit more about your background in and just in life and kind of how you came to find yourself in this space of sexual wellness and sexuality? It's not a it's not always a straightforward path. It's true. The five year path is probably a myth that we should bust. Um, it's true. The brand strategy to audio erotica pipeline is about as tried and true as my co-founders, which was the finance to software engineering to audio erotica pipeline. Um, I think that, uh, when something is in a space that is under invested, that is, uh, under researched, that is underfunded, you need people that are willing to try. And I think that Faye and I felt that we, had a right to play in the space because we wanted to make something that we wanted for ourselves. But the genesis of the idea came back from college. I studied psychology and I had so many girlfriends who would talk about the ways that they were disappointed about their sex lives. They had these expectations of what I could or should be. And the reality was not meeting that. And I asked one of my best friends this question. And I remember her looking at me so blankly. I asked her, what happens in your mind? Like, what are you thinking about when you're having sex? And she just like stared at me and she was like, I don't know. And yeah, we really aren't thinking about the ways that our brain can help us in sex. We're thinking about the ways that it holds us back sometimes. I'm stressed. I'm preoccupied. I'm worrying about my body image. I'm worrying about whether I'm doing it right. But we don't think about the ways that we can get ourselves in the mood, that we can use our imagination, that we can find ways to connect our brain and body. That's something that no one really talks about or talked about at least five years ago. Um, and so five years ago, six years ago now, um, my co-founder and I were like, wow, 
audio really seems like an interesting medium to take on some of these ideas where we want to tell stories that help people get in the mood and transport them to a different world that feels safe and sex positive and fun. And audio allows you to imagine exactly what you want because it's so personal, right? Like what you want to imagine, what I want to imagine, what someone else would want to imagine, those are going to be different. And audio allows us to make something that might work for all three of those people. I, and that's one of the things I love so much about the app. Um, what I hear a lot from women is that visual erotica can feel kind of intrusive. It can amplify things that they don't like about their bodies. It can amplify comparison. It can amplify different expectations and, and can be difficult for them to kind of buy into. And we could talk a lot about why that might be. But but I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of what your thoughts were in, in emphasizing the possibility of imagination with audio and, and how did you get started in kind of creating that content? Totally. A lot of people ask us the question, is this porn or is this erotica? Is this something else? And we use the term erotica because we believe that porn as it is currently understood in our culture is about sensation and erotica is about feeling and we want our stories and we want our experience to focus on the feeling versus the sensation. It's a richer environment where chemistry and connection are as important as sex. And so that was kind of one of the early hypotheses that we wanted to make sure found their way into the stories that we told. And the first iterations of the stories we told weren't very good because they were the first ever, you know, of what this could be. We had this fantasy of what the company could be, but you can ask your friends abstractly, like, do you think you'd like a sexy story with two cool, fun, urban characters? And they'd be like, of course I would. But maybe they hear it and think like, oh, that's not for me at all. We had to make it to show that it could be interesting. And that those first stories go, you know, great. This is the next question. Who is voice acting? Yeah. Who's, well, who started writing the stories when you first got Dipsy off the ground? And then who was who was doing the voice acting in them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Faye and I are writers. We, we both wrote the first stories. We've now hired and worked with so many better writers than ourselves, but we were the first writers. We hired a few friends of friends who were professional voice actors or theater actors to voice the first stories. And we recorded them all in Faye's kitchen. So it wasn't like the Silicon Valley garage story, but it was the San Francisco kitchen. <laughs> That's amazing. What were those recordings like? I have to imagine there was a lot of like fun and, and camaraderie happening at the same time that was very serious. Totally. The behind the scenes is was silly. You're like, finding the balance of making your people and studio feel comfortable and making the setting feel professional, even though it's a kitchen and there's blankets over the windows for sound protection. And you really realize the importance of creating a context that makes people feel safe as creators that I think continued to influence the way that we structure Dipsy forever on. Um, so it's a balance of the fun and camaraderie and also, hey, this is serious work that we take seriously. You're such an important part of it and your voice really matters. Yeah. One of the things that you do so well in in the stories that you've created is highlight how consent is not only necessary and and, and an integral part of uh, pleasure and fun, but you you create narratives to really show people how it can be a sexy component and yeah. integrated without being clunky and awkward. So, can you tell us a little bit about what that? What was it that felt so important about that? And how have you gotten to the art of that that feels so just seamless? Yeah, my 
co-founder recently made a TikTok that got a lot of attention where she says, men often say to her, Dipsy is a fantasy. Why is there safe sex? If it's a fantasy, why is there a condom? And she's like, oh my God, like we can have the idea of safety. We can have the idea of consent as part of our fantasy experiences. In fact, that might be a huge component of what makes the fantasy better than the reality where the smoothness of it is kind of implicit. But what I think is really exciting about Dipsy and what makes me feel most proud of what we've built is that people will tell us all the time, hearing someone ask for that the way that they did and make it so smooth made me think I could do that too. Or hearing someone even say, I'm not that into that, I'm more into this was eye-opening for me. And so that sort of modeling we hoped was going to be part of the experience of people listening and has proven out to be true. And that's a responsibility for us. You know, we want to make sure that we're modeling sex that feels fun and real, but also that feels aspirational, 10% better than what you can expect from the first date, maybe more, maybe 30% better, 40% better than what you expect on the average first date, because we want people to hold the bar higher for themselves. And we hear that from people that they're able to do that by hearing some of how it might be done and how it might feel and what they might, you know, start to understand that they deserve. Yeah. What's some of the feedback that you have been receiving from female listeners um, about how it has shaped the way they can show up in a more empowered or embodied way, in addition to some of the things that you've just mentioned? Yeah. So important to why Dipsy exists is this mission, this belief that feeling uh, in touch with your sexual self, feeling embodied is a huge part of confidence and joy and feeling alive out on the street, in the boardroom, on a first date, talking with your friend, anywhere in the world, because it's something that you're not suppressing or feeling that is um, a stranger to you and yourself. It's just there. It's present. You're, you're familiar with it. And when we befriend all these parts of ourselves, we show up as fuller people in our lives. And we had this, you know, hunch that sex was a domain that was especially challenging for women to embrace about themselves. So our hope is that Dipsy empowers people in the bedroom and out of the bedroom. Um, some of the things that we hear from people, it's incredible the expression of diversity of the people who listen to our product. So I remember one week I talked to two people back to back, two phone calls, two customers. One was a woman who was in her mid thirties. She was a mom of three. She lived in Provo, Utah. And she was saying that this was really helping her understand that sex wasn't just about making her husband feel good. Sex was about her feeling good too. And sex was becoming better for both of them because she was coming into the bedroom with that idea. And then right after that, I got off the phone I spoke to a non-binary student at Pratt, an art school in Brooklyn. And they were like, I don't know how to date IRL. Like, I don't know how to get out there. Like the pandemic just freaked me out and I, I don't know how to embrace my queerness. And it's like really stressful to me. And Dipsy is starting to make me believe that I could date. And like wow. how amazing that those two different people are getting so much out of the same product. That's amazing. Now you have the, the bulk of your... Um voice actors are either queer or they're from the BIPOC community. Is that right? So maybe I wouldn't say the bulk, but over 50% of our voice actors identify as people of color. And yes, many of our voice actors are queer and a lot of our characters are queer, even more importantly. So you're hearing the breadth of reality out there. If you want to listen to a story that's her plus her, we have tons of stuff for you in the app. If you want to hear non-binary characters, we have the those characters too. And then of course, a lot of kind of like the classic heteronormative stuff too, because, you know, we're all here, we're all out there. So what are some of the uh, storylines that get the most interest and, and feedback? Yeah, I love this question because it, it changes so much. We like 
put out a new series and suddenly we're like, wow, that really hit. Um, there's a series right now called Lone Wolf about a uh, rancher who is trying to reintegrate wolves into Montana because it's a more sustainable agricultural practice. And he's kind of like this outsider character because all the ranchers don't like what he's up to. So he's this like bad boy. The community doesn't really like trust or respect him, but this one woman really gets him. And so they have this like really kind of illicit dalliance that people are really, really into. He's a super deep gravelly voice people are really into. We have this amazing story called Familiar Face where um, uh, a woman was an exchange student in Ireland and comes back years later and kind of hits, like reignites a flame with um, a woman that she knew back when she was in college. And so the love interest there has an Irish accent, which is also another fan favorite. Um, so it's a combination of a lot of things. It's like what the character is, what the chemistry is between the you know leads, what their accents are, where they are. Like a lot of those things have to do with how much people like stories. That's great. The stories really do create so much um, connection and they're really rich with detail, and which I think is a nice contrast to what people might consider uh, the norm in more mainstream pornography, especially yeah. video-based um, pornography. So it's, yeah. it's really cool that there's so much context that exists in the stories, but also enough openness that people can see themselves in it and they can feel themselves in these different roles. Well, it's such a pleasure to talk to someone like you who like clearly has a sense of maybe, oh, I like I get that these choices were made with intention, right? Like the context is there because all of us who have ever watched a video in the traditional porn environment have been like, where are they? What is that weird white couch? Like, does she like, is that her house? Is that like, we, these questions? Literally, I've heard that from customers. Like these questions come up for people like, is she really enjoying it? Do they even know each other? I wonder if they said hi to each other before they were on set. Do you think they'd ever dated before? Like these are real questions because context matters because context creates desire. Context also creates safety. And so those contextual details we find really matter in our audio stories. And exactly to your point also, leaving some open-endedness and some ambiguity, especially about bodies, about things like skin color, about, you know, these things that we want to, you know, either put ourselves in or imagine an ideal version of, or imagine a, 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 an ideal person or persona that we want to be with in the bedroom. It's really helpful because then it makes sense for a lot more people. Yeah. Where is the most interesting place that a customer has ever told you they've listened to your stories? <laughs> We hear a lot of, I'm a librarian and I listen to the library. We've heard grocery <laughs> store, which I think is brave. And then car is kind of like the classic, like I shouldn't, but I love it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, have- I can't say, I, I like, I can't say that I get that because to me, when I'm listening, like there's no way my face isn't making expressions. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear that. I think that's part of the appeal though. Um, people can kind of I don't want to say work it in as if it's a chore, but I think a lot of folks are looking for opportune moments just to like sneak in a little bit of pleasure in their day. Mm -hmm. And having audio stories is uh, a much safer way to incorporate it into their day-to-day life on the subway or the grocery store, even at the gym, um, where they can, you know, indulge in it, listen and, and feel it, but not have to worry about somebody seeing something on their phone that might be, you know, uh, not suitable for work. I love, I love hearing you describe it like that because that, that's so true. I think we deserve more pleasure in our lives as it relates to sexuality or as it relates to so many things. Like so many, so much of our lives are so 
scheduled and rigorous, we have duties and responsibilities. And to get to listen to a fun, sexy story for 12 minutes on the subway ride is a delight, totally. And uh, yeah, it's a different way to listen, but I love it. It is. It, and, it, and it's a great way to sort of commute between your, your work life and then maybe going home after that and feeling like, ooh, you know, I've got some different energy in my body. I think it, it gives people a really cool bridge from one experience of their day to maybe a more yeah. erotically charged moment. Um, the energy in your body concept is so interesting. Like you feel this kind of tightness after your work day or your, you know, your brain is moving so fast. I've, I've heard people use the phrase boss brain before. Like I can't turn off my boss brain. Yeah. Um, something that a customer said that I loved was Dipsy help helps to keep my pilot light on. So like if I ever want to turn the flames on, the pilot light's running. And I really like that too. I love that. I love that. Well, Dipsy's not just about erotica. There are other kinds of stories and content. Can you say a little bit about how you've rounded out the experience? Definitely. So on Dipsy, you can also find wellness content. Some of that content is made in partnership with sex therapists, with meditation experts, um, there is uh, more how-to or guided content that you can follow along with if you want more kind of coaching on how you might reinvigorate a masturbation practice, for example. Um, and we also have sleep content. And this is content that I'm particularly proud of because our spin on sleep does feel different than what you can find elsewhere in the app store, where the characters that you love, if you really love that lone wolf rancher, if you really love the character with the Irish accent from Dublin, she can be... Um, cleaning up the kitchen and letting you drift off to sleep in the room next door, or he might be playing guitar on the patio while you drift off to sleep. They're very cozy and comforting and kind of continue the universe, uh, what we call the dipsy, the dipsy verse. Um, and I really like love that we get to keep people there after maybe a fun session and they're winding off to sleep. They can stay with us. That's really beautiful. And, and so humanizing for the characters, right? It shows them also in, other parts of their lives that aren't sexual, which I think increases a lot of relatability to the characters and totally amplify that fantasy of who they are and who they might be in somebody's erotic mind. I love that. Definitely. Yeah. Well, where does the name Dipsy come from? I have all kinds of like hypotheses, but I'd love to hear. I, don't know, I want to hear it once before I tell you. <laughs> Um, well, this is really crude, maybe, but I, the, my immediate thought is deep sea, and I think about deep sea, and then I think about how wet women can be when they're fully aroused. And so I don't know if that's even close, but that's kind of where my brain goes. And it's like that's such a, an intentional play on words. I love that. I think that deep sea to deep sea is really close to the story of the name. Um, we liked the name Dipsy because it was like a dip into a sea of stories, like a dip into a sea, a different place, a different universe, and that you could just kind of dip your toe or you could dive right in. It was up to you. It was a safe place to do that. And the Dipsy Trail is this trail that rings um, the northern part of the Bay Area. And Faye, my co-founder, and I met in the Bay Area. So it was like a nice little ode to where Dipsy got founded. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing. Addie. Ladies, did you know that one of the most common complaints from women about their sexual health is a frustrating low libido? Our sex drives can decline, but it's also treatable. 
Addy or Flibanserin is FDA approved and has been clinically proven to increase sexual desire in certain premenopausal women who are bothered by a low libido. So if you feel like you've lost your desire and you want to get it back, stop falling for the snake oils and ask your doctor about Addy today or go to Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. Addy is for premenopausal women with acquired generalized hypoactive sexual desire disorder, HSDD, who have not had problems with low sexual desire in the past, who have low sexual desire no matter the type of sexual activity, the situation, or the sexual partner. The low sexual desire is troubling to them and is not due to a medical or mental health problem, problems in the relationship, or medicine or other drug use. Addy is not for use in men or to enhance sexual performance. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is increased if you drink one to two standard alcoholic drinks close in time to your Addy dose. Wait at least two hours after drinking before taking Addy at bedtime. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is also increased if you take certain prescriptions, over-the-counter or herbal medications, or have liver problems. Low blood pressure and fainting can happen when you take Addy even if you don't drink alcohol or take other medicines. Do not take if you are allergic to any of the ingredients in Addy. Allergic reactions may include hives, itching or trouble breathing. Sleepiness, sometimes serious, can occur. Common side effects include dizziness, nausea, tiredness, difficulty, Difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep and dry mouth. See full PI and medication guide, including box warning at addy.com forward slash PI or call 844-PINK-PILL. Go to addy.com and use code GETNAKED for a $10 telemedicine appointment to find out if Addy is right for you. I wonder if we can talk a little bit about ethical pornography or ethical material, because I think one of the things that I hear a lot um, is, first of all, a curiosity about what does that even mean? And then also, how can we actually ensure that material is created ethically? Um, because a lot of folks don't want to engage in erotic material because they don't feel confident that people aren't being victimized in it. They don't believe that that can be true. So right. can we break that down a little bit? Like, what's your definition of ethical porn or ethical material? Definitely. This is so important. And it's been really exciting for me as the founder in the space for five, six years now to see how discerning the customer is around what is ethical. Um, so we had these really strong stakes that we put on the ground about what we wanted to maintain and the guidelines that we would hold ourselves to, and also got so much feedback from people about what they wanted to hear from us. And so it was a, an iterative process in that way. But I think like Outside of Dipsy, anywhere, if you are questioning whether the content you're engaging with is ethical, the first question to ask is, am I paying for it? If you're paying for it, dollars are going into the pockets of creators. And that is the baseline to understand that you are engaging in ethical content. So free sites, unfortunately, like you have, you have no guarantee that that's happening and exploitation becomes much more possible in that sort of a dynamic. I think with something like audio erotica, a lot of the scratchy tough questions are answered by default because there is not sex work happening to make our content. It is trained actors in studios recording by themselves with the safety of a director either in their ears uh, or across the table from them, coaching them through that experience. And then we are post-producing and stitching together those actors. They sound like they're in the same place. So this is created to make this as safe and fun and embodied and enjoyable for actors as possible and eliminates a lot of the questions of like, what are the working environments here? And um, uh, I think that that takes it into a different kind of consideration set. Um, and then I think, you know, what are you hearing? Uh, what are you seeing? Like, is safe sex something that's coming up? If this is two characters that have, are meeting for the first time, the dynamic of the story, like, I would hope that they're 
displaying or hearing the sound of a condom or asking questions, I would hope that consent is being really clearly verbalized, but even more implicitly, like, do you get the sense that consent is something that is important to the creators of this content? Um, and then like, you know, do you feel good in your body when you're watching or listening to it? I hear often, like sometimes when I watch X, I slam the laptop shut and I'm like, oof, gotta push that away. And partly, honestly, that's a very common feeling because I think we have a lot of internalized shame around pleasure. And sometimes right after pleasure is over, it can feel like, have I done something wrong? That's not necessarily the problem. But if you continue to feel like you engage in something and you're like, I don't know, this doesn't feel like an expression of me, then act like you would in a consumer in any other space. Stop buying that brand. Yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. There are many arguments for why erotic material should be free. And then there are a lot of arguments for why erotic material should be paid. And I'm curious about kind of why why it's important to consider investing in your erotic material and how do you help folks move away from any resistance that they might have to accessing free material and really prioritizing paid material? It's a really great question. And um, it's important to recognize that people have a lot of hangups about spending money on things that are for them, not to fix a problem, but to just feel or experience pleasure in the sexual wellness space. Like there's a lot of questions around like, are those my best spent dollars? And that makes sense. There haven't necessarily been a long history of companies with these sorts of offerings. Um, but you know, I can speak as the owner of this business. And if we weren't making money from the subscriptions that our customers were paying for, we would not be able to pay our voice actors, our audio producers, our sound engineers. We would not be able to say that we'd found 50% of a network of people that identify as people of color because that requires a ton of work to be able to find those people and bring them into our fold. We wouldn't be able to create the good content that allows us to be a good company in addition to be a company that does well were we not capitalized. And so speaking purely as someone who's running Dipsy, those are the dynamics that help, again, get dollars in creators' pockets and in real people's pockets. And that, I think, is just an exciting, different way to um, give people opportunity. And, you know, our voice actors, some of them are trained and some of them are novices with wonderful voices that got this opportunity at Dipsy and were able to pay them really handsomely for their amazing talent. And um, I feel very proud of that. And th those dynamics are at play because we are a paid product. Um, so how do I help people get to the place where they're willing to pay for it? I think Dipsy is, it feels different. It feels like a beautiful product. The illustrations are really gorgeous. It might be something that you like show your friend cause you think it's cool. A lot of these decisions were made to kind of break all the stigma and taboo around like, I'm going to some weird website with like a crazy URL and it's like all black. And maybe there's like a picture of like an orchid or like a stiletto at the top, right? Like all the expectations of this that felt cheap or old school or by men from the eighties banking world or something uh, didn't feel that way in our space and maybe felt more like, okay, I'm, I'm engaging with a premium product and I'm willing to pay that price. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really um, important point is like, we get what we pay for, first of all. And so there's a lot more confidence that can be factored into the quality of the experience that you'll have. And I also think it's an interesting mindset shift to think about how we deprioritize sex or compartmentalize sex and pleasure from our lives and feel like we can't access it unless we've quote unquote earned it. And mm -hmm. so I think sometimes people 
balk at paying for erotic material because it it suggests something about them that maybe they aren't ready to consider. Have I earned this pleasure? Is it okay that I like this? Um, do I uh, am I part of a bigger sort of societal problem or solution? And I think that there are a lot of identity questions that come up for folks who are wrestling with how to make sure that their sexual interests are something that they can prioritize in life and still be a really good person. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Identity questions are really at play here. And as things like Dipsy become more normal, you get to incorporate it more into your self-concept as a normal sexual person versus someone who maybe has some sort of abnormality. Why would I pay for this? No one else would like, those are questions that I think are becoming rarer and rarer as this becomes more normal. And that's a result of conversations of just talking about it more and more, um, which we've watched a lot of change happen literally in the span of five years, which is short in the, in the grand picture. Um, and yeah, I think the quality thing is important too. You know, the internet is a big wide open space and there's a lot of content out there and we do not purport to be like the only place to get erotic content at all, obviously, but you have to search through a lot of things that maybe make you uncomfortable that you don't want to see or encounter that you don't like. It's time consuming, burdensome to get to good content. And with Dipsy, it's all high quality content. Um, and that, you know, is kind of more the HBO model, like what you'll find here. Oh God, there's no HBO anymore. Was the max model. <laughs> Where you're like, if I pay for this, the content's going to be good. And it's not YouTube. YouTube gets to exist also. YouTube is great, but YouTube and HBO can both exist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what would you say to any men who are listening and maybe they're unsure if this is for them since this is sort of created with uh, female pleasure in mind? Yeah. So we say that we are, you know, by women and for women because we believe women so desperately need this content. That's not to say that we don't wholeheartedly welcome men who are curious and interested in this content onto our platform. Like, please welcome. We'd love for you to enjoy what we've got too. A lot of our stories are oriented around a female experience. And so like the protagonist, for example, will be a woman. That's not in all of our stories. That is in the majority of our stories. But I think even with that being true, there's a little bit of like the, will men watch the Barbie movie happening? Like where it's like, yeah, men will watch the Barbie movie because men will watch movies about women <laughs> and uh, men will enjoy audio stories about women. And so like, welcome, I hope you enjoy. And um, I hope you learn also how consent can feel less awkward and how asking for what you want could be easier and how you get to vocalize too. how men moaning is a huge turn on for so many women and maybe make some more space for yourself because all of us have hangups about how we should show up uh, when we're intimate and men are not immune to that at all. Speaking of men moaning, that is one of my favorite uh, social media series that you guys do. You create a lot of um, snippets of male, male moaning and like a lot of different um, duets and a lot of different content that just really focuses on how exciting that sound is for, for many of uh, your customers. And I think a lot of men feel so anxious about moaning. And of course, not all men, but a few of my clients have listened to some Dipsy stories. And that's one of their big takeaways too. Like, wow, I didn't realize what a turn on this was for a lot of people. And they've really like leaned into being more vocal in their sexual experiences and it's felt liberating for them. That's amazing. I mean, like that is so exciting because I think there's so much 
mutualism to getting more vocal in the bedroom. You know, it's like nice to be affirmed and so many people's love language is verbal affirmation. And it's just exciting to hear that your partner is as excited as you are, you know, like along the way. So that's so cool. Amazing. Well, what's, what's coming down the, the pipeline for Dipsy? What's new in, in future? We have been exploring making more fantasy content that I have to say is so fun. We released our first ever historical romance. So we did two Regency stories. One of them called Courted is a her plus him story. And then another one is a story of one of those characters now having her own queer romance about an offshoot of that story, which is just so fun to go into new worlds where maybe the rules are different. Um, Things are stricter and therefore desire has to be a little bit more like uh, under the wraps, which I think people really like. And then obviously in fantasy, you get to really enhance some of the core desire stuff because the nature of the characters allows you to do so. So, for example, we have um, an amazing series with Hades and Persephone um, that really allows you to do the dualism dynamic of two very different characters at odds with each other in such a heightened way because they're immortals. Uh, And so you'll see a lot more of that coming out of Dipsy's content. Oh, wow. That is so cool. That is so cool. Um, Last question. Your team has been uh, inspired a lot by book talk on TikTok. Can you say a little bit about how that's being woven in? Yeah. You know, again, when we first started Dipsy, our general impression of the romance market was that It was driving the publishing industry, but it was like this dirty little secret where people didn't talk about what they read. It was kind of seen as a little silly or maybe like unserious. And that is getting absolutely subverted by amazing women all over the place. There are these amazing bookstores called The Ripped Bodice run by these two uh, people who open one in Brooklyn and one in LA that exclusively sell romance novels. And it's becoming cool to talk about, you know, what Emily Henry that you're reading and book talk has emerged around that category and around fan fiction. And we're like, hey, like if people are actively engaged with certain fantasy storylines or certain concepts that they think are so sexy that they want to talk about them on TikTok, we should be making those stories on Dipsy too. So we're just learning from our listeners and we're learning from the internet on what people want to hear. That's amazing. What do you want listeners to know that we haven't talked about either about Dipsy or about the benefits of audio erotica? I think that feeling good has been maligned for so long and we just want more people to get more comfortable with the concept that feeling good is good for you and that you can use it as a guide to finding more of what you need. And if Dipsy helps you do that in some small way, we hope you you take that and carry that into other avenues of your life. Um, So it's a pretty easy thing to do. All you have to do is download the app and poke around. And if it's for you, you know, maybe that opens up something very different for you. It's totally approachable. It's totally accessible. You can filter by the tags that you like. You can filter out things you don't want to hear or see. So, or not see, but like, you know, uh, read, for example. So um, it's a totally safe place for you to explore. You have written content on there as well as audio content. Yeah. So our character universes kind of expand across mediums. So we have sleep content with some of those characters and we also have written content with some of those top characters, but most of the content is audio. Nice. Gina, you've offered a special uh, discount or a special rate for listeners of this episode. What is the way that people can access that? Yes, definitely. So we typically do a seven-day free trial so you can explore without having to pay. We've extended that to a 30-day free trial for your listeners. So if you go to Dipsy Stories, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com forward slash get naked, you can access that code. Amazing. Thank you so much. 
um, for being here today. I really appreciate your time in this conversation. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Get Naked with Dr. Kate. Stay connected with me on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Kate Balistrary. Everyone has questions, and I want to answer as many as I can. So feel free to email your questions to question at getnakedpodcast.com. If you're looking for a free 30-minute consultation with me or someone on my team, visit modernintimacy.com. And don't forget to join our newsletter, Modern Intimacy, on Substack. Let's meet back here next week. A new episode drops every Tuesday. Disclaimer, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy and does not constitute a professional relationship with Dr. Kate Balistrieri or Modern Intimacy. This podcast is strictly for education and entertainment purposes only. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.